0: The Spinning Hill Kick Podcast, it's an inspiration. Listen to the journey of the next generation. All it takes is a little dedication. Fight to the end and they'll make it.
1: Pro Wrestling next and learning, you know now. AJ, I'm from NorCal, so turn the volume up. I'm about to listen to the showdown. Could be WWE, Impact, or NXT, or random indie. It'll start from the beginning. The next subject, we're discussing the hustle. Follow the lead, not an easy thing. Be everything that you need to be. See the things you'll succeed, you'll see. The Spinning Hill Kick Podcast. Believe the dreams. It's the Spinning Heel Kick Podcast with your host Prince AJ Kamar bringing you another inspiring and motivating tale of professional wrestlers out there chasing their dreams. This week is a very, very special episode, episode 160, 160 episodes into Spinning Heel Kick Podcast that's been going on for the past almost four years. It's crazy how time flies, but... I would not trade all of this for anything because Spinning Heel Cake Podcast was an idea that I had based off being burnt out from my full-time job. And it allows it has allowed me to interview over a hundred and sixty professional wrestlers from all over the world and has led to me getting opportunities to work at my local promotions as a host and ring announcer. I'm thankful for the podcast, I'm thankful for the platform, and I'm thankful for every single person that's been on my podcast. And this week, I have a very special guest with me. She is hardcore Shazza McKenzie. Shazza is on the podcast this week, and hands down, she is probably the most talked about professional wrestler in the world today. You see the hashtag, sign Shazza, and what a great conversation we had today and you know you really you can make an assumption about how a person is based off their tv character based off how you see them tweet um you can always assume what their personality is like and i've always had this assumption about shazza not even knowing her personally but when I had her on the podcast and we did the interview, I was like, man, she's exactly who I thought she was. She was super cool, huge personality, super funny, and it was such a treat to have her on the Spinning Heel Kick podcast. Uh, funny enough, we had scheduled an interview last year around the same time, and for, for whatever reason, life, life stuff probably, uh, we never actually did the podcast. We never did the recording. So just maybe several days ago, I, I, you know, I DM'd her. I was like, "Hey, like, you still want to do this? Like, should we make this happen?" And she was all in, and we made it happen within a couple of days, and it was well worth the the one year waits uh, to have her on the podcast because it did <laughs> it, it did allow us to talk uh, about a, a lot of more stuff than probably we had to talk last year. Um, so we got to talk about her showing up at AEW Dark. Um, and talking about her, her aspirations to be signed to the company. And I mean, I'll, I know there's hundreds and thousands of people who who would agree with me that she should be signed to a major contract and should be on television every week. Uh, no doubt about it. She is that good. She's that good in the ring and she's just a good person. And you know, good things should always happen to good people. So it was a pleasure to have her on the podcast this week. And for for me as Prince AJ Kumar I got possibly some huge news coming this week. Um so look out for an Instagram announcement coming soon. Um I don't want to let out any of the details just yet um because it's never a for sure thing until it actually happens. Um so look out for that but until then if you're in the Bay Area, Northern California, we got a big show going down at Pacheco Square Garden in Pacheco, California with East Bay Pro Wrestling Thanksgiving Thunder on November 23rd, 7 p.m. You can catch me there as the host and ring announcer for what's going to be a great show. Um, and I, I can't say it enough. Northern California has some of the best talent in the world. Um, and it's only time, only short amount of time where they will be household names. So if you want to catch them on the real grind. Come check us out in Pacheco, California, November 23rd at Pacheco Square Garden, and you'll see my Instagram at PrinceAJKumar uh, for more details about the information about the upcoming shows. But until then, I don't want to keep talking because we've got a great interview coming up with the one and only Shazza McKenzie. And we are on with the Spinning Heel Kick podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, probably the most popular person on Twitter, and Instagram, um, the very, very hardcore Shaza McKenzie. How you doing, Shaza?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm excited to have you because, like I mentioned in that little intro, uh, you're you're <laughs> one of the best uh, Twitter accounts out there. I have to have to admit that <laughs> you are tweeted out fire every other 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's it's not it's not healthy the amount that I tweet. I've put a um a the iPhones have like a app limit, so I've put like a time limit. So each night it gets to a point where it goes, "Oh, you have five minutes left on your social medias," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh, and then that's it's like, but I but I'm like I'm trusting that I've set myself an appropriate limit, and so. But I mean, I don't also I also. I do all most of my tweeting at like 4am because I'm bored crapless at the gym um, and that's where just random thoughts are just coming to my head and I don't really think about them too much and I just tweet it. Um, But yeah, so now I have a social media limit on my phone. I don't know how many days it's going to last. We're only on day three of me (laughs) abiding by the limit, but we'll see.
1: Oh, that was amazing. You started <laughs> tweeting out earlier today, and I was like, oh man, like, I wonder what time it is in Australia. And I look, and it's like 6 30 in the morning, and I was like, damn, she tweeted out like 20 different things already.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's just me being like at the gym. Like, so like between sets, I'll just be like thinking random crap, and then I'll just be, like, oh, I'm just gonna tweet this. And then, like, um, my husband, he always, he's always like, you need to stop tweeting. Like you're going to say something offensive that you're not thinking about and it's just going to ruin your career. And I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. But he's asleep at that time. So he doesn't, he's not around to like, tell me not to say it. He'll probably tell me like, once he wakes up, he'll be like, yeah, you, you got to stop, stop tweeting while I'm asleep. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to do it.
1: As, as funny as that is, but like in this, in this world that we live in social media and your presence on social media is very important. And I, I say that because there's a, there's a, you know, a hashtag that was, that's been going around, um, making its way and it and it was a pro and that hashtag is bookshazza. So, you know, that, that feeling of having that hashtag be basically trending and everybody talking about it, how did that make you feel?
0: So when, um, the hashtag sign shazza came out, it was like, I just gotten off my plane from America. So I hadn't, like, slept for, like, I don't know, 30 – I worked out I'd been travelling for, like, 32 hours by the time, like, this started happening because it was, like, Wednesday for me at, like, 11 a.m. but It was Tuesday night for everyone else. So it was just really overwhelming <laughs> to be, like, to get off this really long flight, not have slept, been, like, coming down off this high still from, like, doing the AEW stuff the week before because, like, I did um, AEW – did dark and then I went to Baltimore for Starcast and I went to full, full Gear and I like it's still like such a like it was still such a high that I was on so to like get off this plane and like then have all these like I was like oh my gosh because like people like the people will always go like, oh, you know like people will always reply to your tweets and they'll be like oh I hope you get signed and blah, 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 but like to have that much and I think it's also like other wrestlers started tweeting it like Joey Janella tweeted it and yep. Nyla Rose tweeted it like people like in the company tweeted it and I was like oh this is like this is this is real nice this is really, <laughs> this is a lot like that these people like like me enough when I'm like I don't know if I deserve all this life but okay like this is a lot to take in but it was really cool it was yeah it was insane
1: when, when that happens and you have you know the other professional wrestlers you know putting out that same tweet you know and we'll jump into your journey into pro wrestling but you know up until now like does that kind of like validate that you know the work that you're putting in is solid work and it's something that everybody's enjoying
0: uh, it's hard like is do you still like as a, an artist or like anyone that does anything that's like based on your own creativity i think you'll always um you'll never be satisfied with whatever you, you put out. Like, even if people, everyone tells you you're doing great, like you'll always feel like you're not doing great. Like the, you'll always pick yourself apart. I think, I think that's just part of being an entertainer and, uh, and just like any sort of art. Yeah. Um, But like, it is nice. Like, it's like you think, Oh, okay. Like I must be doing something right. But then I'm like, but then you'll always like me being crazy. I'm like, Oh, I must be doing something right. And then I'm like, no, but maybe they're just, it's a conspiracy and it's all a joke. Like, it's all a funny, it would be funny if we signed Shazza. And like, but yeah, I just, I'm just crazy though. It's, like, it's
1: just a, it's just a whole rib this whole time.
0: It's a giant rib. Yeah, it's like, they want this all to happen and then they'll give, they'll offer me the contract and I'll be like, oh, it's finally happening. And then it's just them going like, psych, the whole internet was against you. It was a joke. Ah. And I'm like, oh no, my life. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, what's not a rib is is your love for pro wrestling. And when did this whole journey of pro wrestling start for you? When was that first time that you were exposed to watching wrestling?
0: Um, So I started a lot later than, um, I guess, most people. Most people are like, oh, I grew up watching wrestling and everything like that. Um, Whereas I was 15, I think. Mm -hmm. um, And I I was a pretty rebellious uh, teenager, Pride finding wrestling. So, like, my like young teen years, I was like, Yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hang out with all these people that I shouldn't be hanging out with and I'm going to party and uh, no one can tell me what to do. Um, and I'm very polar opposite human to that now. But my young teen was like that. And I was dating this guy who was, uh I believe he was in his 20s. And I was like, Oh, look at me with my older, older gentleman. um <laughs> <I'm so laughs> and I thought so it was funny. really cool. Uh, but now that I think about it, kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole different story. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But, yeah, so I used to spend, like, my weekends at his house. And in Australia back then, um, Raw would air on Friday nights and SmackDown would air on Saturday nights. Um, we didn't get it live. We always had it on, like, a few days delay. Um, and so then every Friday and Saturday, because right, I'd be there, he'd be like, oh, I want to watch wrestling, I want to watch wrestling, I want to watch wrestling, I want to watch wrestling. And I'd be like, no, gross, I don't want to watch wrestling. That's weird. I don't, like... That's I don't I don't want anything to do with that. Um, until one day, somehow, he was like, "Yeah," uh, he said something, and I was like, "Fine, whatever." We'll put it on. Um, and it was the it was the draft the Raw draft lottery after WrestleMania twenty. Um, it was that episode of Raw because I remember Edge came back, and I remember not understanding why this was a big deal. And he's like, "This is a huge deal," and I was like, "I don't really know what's going on," but okay, um, but. The big thing that sold me was um, Trish Stratus uh, had just turned heel so and she was with Christian yeah. um, and she was feuding with Jericho and, like, but she was just such a badass. But, like, she, like, and, like, I saw her and I thought, oh, my God, this girl is, like, the most beautiful person that I've ever seen in the world, but she's also, like, the toughest person I've ever seen in in the world as well like at the same time and I was like this is the coolest thing like it just like instantly I saw Trish and I was like this is it like and then I I, like remember I like straight away like that week like broke up with a boyfriend stopped going out my life was wrestling like there was nothing else like that was it my life was just I would go to the the local like video store and rent the three wrestling DVDs that they had just on repeat on repeat on repeat because that's all they had (laughs) Um, yeah Like, and I was just, like, obsessed. Like, it it just took over my whole entire life instantly when I was, like, 15. Like, I was in year 10 at school and I was, like, I'm going to be a wrestler. And I dropped out of high school because I was going to get a job and I was going to save money and then I was going to go to Canada and I was going to learn to be a wrestler by Lance Storm. Um, This is 15 years ago. um, But that didn't happen because then I was 16 and I got a job and I had money for the first time in my life and then I just bought other stuff because – was 16 (laughs) um but yeah like it just it took over my life then that's my my crazy story
1: (laughs) no and and it's an amazing story actually when you you know watching pro wrestling at 15 versus you know being at a younger age did you understand that it was it was art that it was you know more of an entertainment aspect or is that something that you kind of came across later down the road
0: yeah I like because you by that say you know wrestling's "Quote unquote fake" or whatever. Like, every everyone knew that by the time I was fifteen. Like, any mention of wrestling, we knew that. But I like I remember specifically having conversations with someone like on the internet because I was on all the internet forums and I was in all the chats and I was I was like I was in it. Like, as soon as I decided I liked wrestling, I was I was in on wrestling. Like, and it was it. Um, But I remember having like the specific day that I had this conversation where I was like look I know that evolution are heels but like I just don't like them as people <laughs> and I was like I'm such a fucking idiot <laughs> like I was like I know it's like characters but I mean as people I definitely don't like them <laughs> so like you know but you don't know like yeah. yeah it's weird like you don't know the way you know now but like you know
1: I think, I mean, that was the best time where it was kind of like a balance of like, oh, I know what's going on here, but no, I still hate them. Like, that's how, that's how you know they did their job really well. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I think that's like when I, when I'm wrestling, like, I want people to think like, like, I want them to be able to suspend their disbelief, like, and when, want them to think for like that five seconds, like, I know wrestling's fake, but I think that's real. Like, you know, like, I know that. The, I don't know, what's a ridiculous character? Um, The boogeyman. Gosh, yeah, like, I know he's not really a boogeyman, but he's really scary. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Like. I don't
1: don't want him close to me with the worms either, so. Yeah. Exactly. So, we, we kind of came up in the same, same era. Um, Do you remember, because you mentioned wrestling forums, do you remember back in those days that they used to have these little websites or probably, like, forums where you role play as a wrestler? And you create these little pages. And You're so, talking about e-feting. e fedding yes.
0: Yeah, I was in multiple e-fed Hall of Fames. Oh my <laughs>
1: goodness! I used to love those, and it was you know that, was all about it. When you think about it, like think how like <clears throat> creative we were back in those days to even put together like a page and segments and all of that.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh! There was like a time where I would literally like there was some period of time between when I left school. And before I got a job where I would literally, I would wake up and I would just be writing role plays for like eight, 10, like somewhere from eight to 10 hours a day. I would literally just be writing that. I'd make all like the different layouts and the websites and stuff, like all the different graphics. Oh, I was, it was like, it was crazy, but it was like everything. I was so obsessed. (laughs)
1: Oh, I I used to love those. It, It used to always make, it was always something to look forward to um yeah so going going back uh going back a little to your teenage years i know you mentioned that you you were kind of rebellious um not really going down the wrong or the right path you know talk about that what was going on in that era uh for yourself growing up was it by choice that you were kind of rebelling or was it something that was going on any triggers
0: and i think i like i never really like looked too much into it as an adult, which I probably should have probably w- whenever I speak to like my therapist and she's like, do you have any like traumatic events that happened in your life? I should probably like think back about my life and be like, maybe I did, but I don't think I did. I think it was a lot of it was, um, throughout like my younger years as a, uh, like, I don't know, like when I was from, I, from the age of three, I did gymnastics and I did dance. And I like, I remember I told my parents I wanted to be a singer and like, Bless their soul. They were like, "You want to be a singer? Let's do everything that we can to make you a singer." And so I was in every contest for uh, every talent contest that I could be in. I was constantly at uh, at like dance and drama and singing and gymnastics. And like, I did everything. Like I don't didn't have a day after school that I didn't do stuff. And then all weekend I would be at gymnastics or at something. And I think what happened was I got to high school and I just went. I just I don't want to do this anymore. Like. And I just, like, because I remember I just, one day I was like, I'm not going, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to gymnastics today. And I was like, I'm not going to dance today. And I'm not going to choir. I'm not going to drama. I'm just, I'm not doing it. And I just shut down and was like, nope, <laughs> not. Do- I mean, I'm sure it was a lot more dramatic than that. And I'm sure I, like, had a full-on tantrum. Um, but I've blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, there was definitely a point where I was just like, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, I still wanted to be a singer. I think because right? that was all I all I ever wanted to be was be be a performer or a singer or whatever. And I think that's a lot of what drew me to wrestling was that that still incorporated that performance part that singing gave me and like that adrenaline and everything. But it was in a different way. But yeah, I don't remember any specific moment that led me down that path. I just remember being like one day just just being over it and just I was like, nope. I'm just going to go out, and then I made some bad friends, and then made some bad choices, <laughs> and then we're here.
1: So, but, I mean, that's the thing, though. So, like, everything everything happens for a reason, right? So with the with the bad choices and putting yourself around the, the wrong crew, that's a, that's eventually, I'm assuming that eventually led to you meeting this boyfriend who then yeah, introduced you exactly. to pro wrestling.
0: Exactly. It's a, it's a whole trail of things that you always end up where you're supposed to end up. Exactly, I think is the is the moral of it all.
1: Very, very true. Well, what inspired the singing?
0: See, I don't, I don't real, I don't remember being like there being a specific thing. I just remember that was just I was performing and dancing and singing from a early age. I can't sing anymore; like I've completely lost my voice because I used to I used to do singing lessons like three, four times a week. Like I would constantly be training my voice. Now my voice is horrible. Um, <laughs> I have a horrible throat, like constantly have phlegm in my throat for some reason. So I make gross noises. So if you ever hear me like coughing, I don't know why. It's just congestion. I got sick one time in like 2010 and it never went away. <laughs> um yeah, it's, and I always, like, I'll always be standing around, and I'll, like, cough or whatever, and I'll make this, and it's, like, this gross noise because it's flaming my throat, and people are, like, what the hell, I was, like, I just ignore it, it's just a thing. Um, so I've never talked about that on the podcast. People that, like, spend time with me, anyone that's, like, trained with me or, like, been on a show with me has probably heard it, but most, most of my friends just ignore it, like, they're so used to it because it's just such a thing that happens. But, yeah, like, I've lost my voice completely, like, I think I don't know. I haven't really tried to sing for many many years. So we might, we might have to put I'm not gonna try. We, right now. No,
1: we're <laughs> going to No, we're going to fight. We're going to figure out a way. We're going to take you out to karaoke <laughs> the next time you come back to America. We're going to figure this out.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll karaoke. I'll karaoke oh, okay. all day, every day.
1: All right. All right. All right for sure. <laughs> and anybody out there that's listening that might have a medical background, a doctor, nurse, uh, we need to figure out what's going on with the throat.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it might be like an allergic reaction to dairy, but I'm not willing to cut out dairy. And that's might be it. I don't know. I've Googled a lot of things. I've gone to doctors. They've just told me to have cough medicine, and then I have cough medicine, and it goes away while I have cough medicine. But then as soon as I stop taking cough medicine, and it comes, right back. comes back, and I, I'm i not going to take cough medicine for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> so just deal with it.
1: <laughs> so your first day going into to pro wrestling training, yes. what, what did that day look like? Was it what you imagined? um talk about that and and you know something that people don't realize is you know as a fan or even people watching on tv they might think those ropes are soft and you and me both know those are those are not soft ropes they're they're hard hard as hell um so you know going into that ring what was that what was your expectations and then how did you feel after that first couple days
0: i'll do you one better than the ropes not being soft i learned to wrestle in a boxing ring uh, oh man. <laughs> so nothing was soft at all. Oh, <laughs> it man. was incredibly painful. So once I did eventually train and wrestle in a wrestling ring, it felt like a bloody trampoline. <laughs> um, I was like this is heaven. Um but yeah, so my first day I first started training with a company called AWF um here in Sydney and um they did like a they used to do like three month courses. Like you do your beginners, you do your intermediate, you do your advanced. And then if you passed all those courses, you'd be a wrestler. So it, each course was like three months. Um, but then there'd be like three months off over Christmas. So it'd take you about a year to be a wrestler. Um, so when I started the first day I started, um I remember showing up and thinking I was really cool because I had a CM Punk t-shirt on and I was like oh my god because I was like 19 and I was like I'm pretty cool and I'm gonna be like the only girl there but then I wasn't the only girl there and this other girl was there that she was far hotter than me and she had like fake boobs and stuff and I was like well okay I guess I'm not the hot chick (laughs) my bad um and I was like okay I'm just like the regular nerdy girl that I always am oh that's okay then I'll still just be me um but yeah and like the first first few days i remember just like it's a lot to psych yourself up to bump for the first it still takes a lot for me to psych myself up to bump for no apparent reason when you think about it like if someone's just like i'll take a bump i'm like ah what why (laughs) but like it's like it's a lot to mentally just throw yourself into the ground especially when you're first doing it um and i remember that being really hard to like get my head around but like but i got there and i would like um, from my class so I like you starting classes like I said so there was 16 people in my beginner's class and then by the time I uh, graduated I was the only person from my class that completed oh, wow. all all the three courses and ended up a wrestler at all <laughs> so like I was pretty determined like I was definitely not like I'm not athletic like I didn't like until I started watching wrestling because when I started watching wrestling and decided that wrestling was all that I wanted to do I, I joined a gym and I did all the thing like that but like I was I still wasn't athletic I was still like I would just do cardio for like two hours because I'm a girl like I didn't know anything about working out or I, like I'm still not yeah I'm not athletic I can't jump I can't actually do it much and just know how to hide it now um, <laughs> whereas when you're learning to wrestle and they're teaching you everything you have to try everything and it becomes really apparent the things that you can't do um so it was hard and it, it, it sucked and like there was lots of times where I remember like crying because I was going to training and I was like I'm so scared I was like I'm not gonna be able to do it and just gonna get hurt like I'm just gonna screw it up and I was so scared and I was so like but like I wanted, like, I didn't, I do not even know if I wanted to be, a, like, I, when I signed up, I don't think I ever thought I was going to be a wrestler, because I, it just didn't seem like something that I could do as an unathletic, small, blonde girl from Australia. Like, I knew, like, there wasn't any, there was, like, two female wrestlers in Australia at the time, so, like, it just wasn't a thought that I would even do that. Um, I thought I, at most, would, become a manager and I was like that's cool like that like I'm happy to do that that's like at least I'm in the biz and stuff yeah. um but yeah like it was hard but I just kept going I don't know and some somehow I became a wrestler and now I just hide all the things I can't do <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you do it well you do it well uh, during during those points of you know the challenges that come with training especially like early on you know what what was a piece of motivation for you to keep going Because I know that sometimes that that happens a lot though, right? Like a lot of people sign up, they start the training and within a day or two, they just, they disappear Um, because it gets rough or they took a bump and they they felt that real pain. What kept you uplifted to keep going at it and continue at, you know, creating this craft?
0: I honestly don't know what it was. I think a lot of it was. I remember when I started watching wrestling at 15 and I like told my friends, I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be a wrestler. Everyone was like, Oh, this is just a phase. Like, you know, like this isn't a real thing. And I think I was just really determined to prove people wrong. And like, I think it also helps that my parents didn't want me to do it. And I I still felt like I was rebelling against them in some way by doing this. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) watch me be a wrestler. (laughs) Ha ha. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, how I got through it. I just, I think I've become a very competitive and very like through wrestling, I've become more competitive and driven and like, um, what people at my work always joke that I'm like consistent overachiever because I have to be the best and I have to like, I'm just like, I constantly need to try and be the best that I can be. Um, and even if the best that I can be isn't actually the best, I have to try and be the best. So I think that's what keeps me going. And it's what keeps me going now, like now 12 years in, um, pe- I, everyone's like, well, you know, like you're married, like why don't you go have babies? I'm like, because I'm not the best yet. Like I haven't made it yet, so I have to keep going. Like <laughs> I can't stop and have kids and have family and have a real life until I've done what I'm what I set out to do. Like I have to do this. <laughs>
1: No, and that makes sense, and, that, and that's that's an individual goal. Like everybody's gonna make assumptions on what you should be doing, but it's about what you want to do. Yeah, um, and, and, and exactly, and that opens up a, another question for me. How is it? How is it being married and being in pro wrestling? Um, Does that ever play like <laughs> a, a, an effect on your relationship uh, for both of you?
0: Well, my rest, my my husband is a wrestler, so yeah. he gets to like so. So I've been in wrestling for twelve years. So I've dated other wrestlers in this in the last twelve years. I've only dated professional wrestlers because dating outside of wrestling, I can't even comprehend as a female trying to explain to a regular male why you have to spend your weekend interstate in a locker room with a bunch of half naked men. Like I can't even. Like any girl that does that and manages to maintain a relationship with a guy outside of wrestling while professional wrestling is like that's phenomenal, like, I do not, com- like, I can't comprehend how to do it, like, <laughs> just cannot comprehend it, um, but I'm lucky, like, my husband, he, like, I, I knew him for a f- years before we started dating, and we've been together for nearly six and a half years now, so, like, he's, he gets wrestling, like, he gets, like, he's never concerned, like, it's not like, oh, like, I went to England for a month without him. Like it, that's, it was just never even like, there's no, there's no jealousy. There has to be no jealousy. Cause if there is any like ounce of jealousy or a uh, doubt or mistrust or anything like that, I can't, like, I can't even imagine it would be horrible. It would be like, yeah, it's you not just, working. yeah. Like it would never work. Like yeah. you just be constantly fighting. Like you have to be able to trust the other person completely and i think because he's a wrestler he understands like it's like he knows what i'm like in locker rooms he's spent multiple locker like he's been in locker rooms with me he's not worried that i'm walking up to some random guy and and hitting on the more that i'm whatever whatever he'd be concerned about like he's just not no that's
1: great that's super healthy too and i know that's not the case for a lot of people but for for you guys to have that trust and be able to continue to support each other and chasing, you know, this, the goals and the dreams. That's, that's a beautiful thing to see.
0: Yeah, no, I'm very lucky. He's honestly like, I couldn't do half the things that I've done in my career without his support. Like he's always been like, he understands that like as a guy wrestler, his chances of making it are probably a lot harder than my chances of making it. Um, just because of how easy it is, it, how much it ha- not easier, but it, it because of when I started, it was easier for me to get noticed because there wasn't that many females. Yeah. Whereas when he started, there was so many guys. So it's it was it's a lot harder for him. So he's always been like hundred percent supportive. Like um, anything, like when when I got my WWE triad, he was like, "All right, what do we have to do to make this happen?" Like everything like we set out like a plan together of everything that needed to be done and like whenever I'm like okay this is what I need to do we like we plan together we like think as a team and he's always like okay what do we do to get you where you need to be and then I, I like to think that I also help him but right now he's injured so I'm also a horrible wife and I just run away and leave him injured um at home <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey shout out to the unsocial Jordan that hey, man yeah. sounds like a great person yeah,
0: it. he's the, he's the best.
1: You know, talking and this is a this is a topic that I've talked about for for a long time, um, but I feel that the Australian women's wrestling or pro wrestling scene overall is one of the most underrated scenes ever in the business. Because when you talk about women's wrestling in Australia, I'm talking I'm talking about you. I'm talking about Jessica Troy. I'm talking about Charlie Evans, Indy Hartwell, Madison Eagles it's it's just so much talent out there but it, i feel like nobody talks about australia as much as you know folks in japan or mexico or in the states
0: yeah i people don't talk about australia be, just in general like um uh, because it's we're so far away we're so isolated from everything like it's not because wrestling isn't big here like it's not something we can make a living off so it's not something that people are constantly traveling over here for whereas like japan or mexico people make livings there so people go there for like months at a time and like they see all these wrestlers so then they can talk about them and same with the uk like you go there and you can see all these wrestlers and you get to know them and you go oh my gosh these people are great and you bring it back whereas people that come to australia like you get people that come down for like one or two shows and they're like oh yeah these people are great but then you forget about it because those we can't we can't be flying people from America to Australia on a regular basis because it's very expensive we're very far away and it's very expensive so it's a lot harder to get eyes on the Australian scene so like that's why we have to go out and we have to get the eyes on us so that the eyes can come back to the Australian scene because ideally what we'd all like would be to make a living and not have to leave our home country and our families and everything because Australia is a pretty neat country and if I could just live here forever I'd probably be okay if I could do that and be a wrestler but that's not going to be a reality in my career at least like in the time that I'm going to be a wrestler maybe in like 10-15 years if we really boom the next generation might be lucky but it's not going to happen well (laughs) in my career I don't think um
1: did that ever add a chip to your shoulder and to everybody else in the area to to want to put out great products so you guys can put Australia on the map when it comes to pro wrestling?
0: I think there's this. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. There's this whole um, hashtag that we started, which started two years ago, which was you're gonna hashtag you're gonna notice us, and then the, which was our hashtag for 2017, where Australia kind of went, hey guess what world you're going to notice us and we got a few eyes on us through that and like that was when Will Osprey came down and he like put us over huge and all that sort of stuff and they got a few more eyes on us and then we then we were like okay that's not working like we need something more and that's when the hashtag now we conquer came out and that's when we really went okay we're all going to travel and everyone is going to see us and now we've got guys in Bola um the girls obviously killing it at Shimmer, the guys doing trios, we did trios as well last year. Like it's where we are trying as a, a whole to get eyes on us because get eyes on us bring eyes back to what we do, which then bring eyes onto that next generation because if you see Shaz McKenzie wrestle on a show in America, you think, oh, my God, that's so cool that Shaz, this Shaz McKenzie girl's cool, and then you follow me and then next week I'm wrestling – Kingsley in Sydney you go oh who's Kingsley and then you look up Kingsley and now Kingsley's got another follower so it, it all kind of like it's like a train of bringing eyes um and now we've also we've got like on-demand services and live streams and stuff now so that make, that's making it like 20 times easier for the world to actually see what we're doing whereas for years I feel like we were all putting on these great shows that no one is ever going to see because they just we're not filmed or we're filmed badly or I just lost in the world of hard drives and sharing around of different people. We're going to edit them and didn't edit them. And now we're here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's true though. I love, I love what you said about, you know, you go out, you, you know, you show out in different places and then you come back home and you work somebody that's still local and it's bringing new eyes to the product and new eyes to, to that individual. So it's kind of like, You're giving back to your local scene, but it's kind of like a full circle because now that person will go out to a different area, come back home and work as somebody new in the area. So it's a a great way of looking at it. And it just helps out everybody. You know, that's what it's about. You got to help each other out.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think like, I'm sure there's people that think like the way I post that I hate Australia and I don't want to live here. And like, um, it's just that I know that I'm never going to make a living wrestling in Australia, but. If I could make a living wrestling in Australia, I would, and I want that next generation to be able to do it. But for that to happen, my generation have to go out and bring the eyes back onto the next generation, or it's just never going to happen.
1: How long was it after your initial training that you got your first match?
0: Uh, I was training for a year, pretty much. So I like started training in September 2007 and i had my first match in august 2008 so it was yeah pretty much a year um it was yeah it was a long time i thought there was something wrong with me because i was the first girl that had to actually like finish the course before they got on shows like every other girl got put on as like a manager and started having matches and i was like oh my god i must be like ugly or something like there must be something just completely wrong with me but i think the fact that i had to earn it and that i got to debut as a wrestler and not as a manager as a female, and that I was the first female to in that company to debut as a wrestler and not as a manager, made it mean a bit more to me in oh, the yeah. long run. Of things. Oh,
1: absolutely! It makes it makes that one year worth it. What was what was your thoughts going out to that first match? Like, was um, the nerves kicking, throwing up backstage?
0: God, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't throwing up backstage. I imagine I was probably pretty nervous because I'm still horrendously nervous constantly and always. So I imagine that it was unbearable nerves. I don't, like, I don't remember specifically. I remember um, it was this random show that was like three hours from my house. So there was no one I knew there. It wasn't like my whole family was there. I think if my whole family was there or something like that, I probably would have been a lot more nervous. Um, So it was a bunch of strangers in the middle of nowhere um, and I was wrestling one of my like best friends from training, like one of the girls that I knew and she'd, she'd only had like five matches two at the times. So like, it wasn't like we were both running around, but she was there like, oh, I'm so experienced. I'm going to show you how to do it. We were both just like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. Let's just do what we did at training. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, I think it like, yeah, I think it was good. It's actually, it's on, um, it's on YouTube. Um, if you look it up, uh, Shaz McKenzie versus Alice in Wonderland. She now wrestles with Harley Wonderland, but back then she was Alice in Wonderland. If you find that on YouTube from 2008, that is my first match ever. I was severely sunburnt as well. I remember that. I do remember that part.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to definitely share that online after uh, after we finish this interview. <laughs> you know, you've you've wrestled for for many years all over the world. You know, what's have you ever had a moment where everything just made sense to you where whether it was somebody that you met and you kind of just have that out of body kind of experience you know did you ever have that type of moment that just kind of made you think wow all of this is happening
0: um i had no should i i don't know no i don't feel like I feel like I just constantly just clog along and I hope that I'm doing everything right. And who knows if I am, and we'll just see what's happening. <laughs> like, I feel like I just fumble through life and then hope for the best at the end. I
1: love it. I love it. That's, that's the perfect answer. Honestly, <laughs> which, uh, which moments have stuck out to you though? Uh, like a specific opponent matches that really stand out to you and, uh, up to this point of your career.
0: Uh, oh, gosh. Okay, so there was, like, there was this match that I had. Whenever anyone asks me what my favourite match of mine that I've had, um, it was this match with, that I had with Madison Eagles um, in 2017 uh, for House of Hardcore in Sydney, um, and it was only, like, a eight, ten-minute 10 match. Like, it wasn't anything, like, crazy, but it's my favourite match because we were on this card that was – so House of Hardcore did their first Australian tour, and they – on the Sid- Sydney Lake, we had the only women's match that was on the whole tour, um, and the whole card was like XWW ECW guys. Like the Young Bucks were on it. I remember the Young Bucks line for merch was the most insane thing I'd ever seen, and I was like, I will never be that popular in my entire life. But like, we were on this card that we like. We everyone that was there, like there was twelve hundred people there. It was the biggest, most insane draw that Sydney wrestling had ever seen at that time probably still at this time, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably, definitely, actually. Um, and, like, they were all there for Tommy Dreamer and they were all there for the Young Bucks. They were, like, they weren't there to see Madison Eagles and Shaz McKenzie. They didn't know who the hell we were, even if we've wrestled in Sydney for the past ten years. They didn't have a clue. Um, but then we went out there and we got the crowd behind us and the crowd, like like, the crowd was so into it and we came back and, like, Tommy and Billy Gunn were like, oh, my God, that was, like, the best women's match we've ever seen. I mean, it was probably all Madison Eagles because, let's face it, she's the greatest wrestler of all time. But I was there, so. I'll give yourself (laughs) some credit. (laughs) Like, I was there. I was part of it. I did something. (laughs) Um, So, but that, yeah, that made me, like, that was, like, such a, like, cool moment because then we were brought back to, like, the next year. Last year they did another House of Hardcore tour and, like, they brought us back and, like, had – had women's matches on multiple of the shows the next year instead of just on the Sydney show, like, and they brought a, or they brought Angelina Love down and stuff, like, so they actually put some effort into the women's matches. Not that they didn't put effort in, but you know what I mean, yeah. For sure. Um And so, yeah, like, that's such a, like, pivotal moment in my career um, to me uh, <laughs> that I always bring up. Um Oh God, I've had so many crazy. There's a match that I had with Kellyanne at Shimmer for the Heart of Shimmer Championship, which was one of my favorite matches that I've ever had because she's one of my favorite opponents of all time. And like to get to wrestle her in Shimmer when we'd wrestled all over Australia for like eight years or something before that. Like it was really cool to get to do that on such a um, big level. um God, oh, there's so many. There's so many things. There's so yeah. There's so many cool things. Um, Getting to wrestle like my first time I wrestled on NXT was really cool because I got to wrestle to Neil and it was like a full circle moment because I wrestled her last match in Australia like her last match before she joined WWE was against me and she like specifically chose me and like she asked to wrestle me on NXT like when they were given like the options of who was available she's like I want Shazza because it's like a full 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 circle story and so that was always really cool Um, and yeah i don't know like the casino battle royale was really insane because i just didn't think i was ever going to get the chance to do anything like that at all yeah. in my life um, i remember like um, i came backstage and i was shaking and i came backstage to some like other side monitor not where everyone was and i just couldn't stop shaking and i couldn't stop shaking and i had to like walk to the side and i like cried and then i cleaned myself up and, I was, and then i walked back <laughs> to everyone and i was like okay I'm normal now. It was like, "How'd you like it?" I was like, "Yep, lots well, of fun. It's great. Loved everything. Didn't just have an emotional breakdown in the corner." Um, yeah, we're good.
1: <laughs> that's what makes it worthwhile, though. All that hard work to have those type of experiences. You got, you got to admit yeah. that. Yes. Through through your journey of pro wrestling, has there ever been uh, a person that just gave you a piece of advice that's really stuck out to you, and you something that you apply to it uh, till this day?
0: Oh gosh. Um, I think the best advice that I've ever gotten in my life, um, which is not specific to wrestling, it's something, it was something that was given to me by like an old boss at work that I've applied to wrestling, um, which was fake it till you make it. Um, which is I'm the most shy, unconfident, um, scared little girl always in life but when I show up to these big big places or these big opportunities I just you just have to fake it till you make it and you have to pretend that you belong and think that you belong and you have to convince yourself that you belong there when you're about to go outside out in front of thousands of people you have to believe that you belong there because if you don't believe it the fans will be able to see that you don't believe that you belong there and I think like that always just no matter what you have to be confident and even if you have no idea what you're doing if you look confident no one will ever doubt what you're doing like you could screw up the whole match and be completely wrong as to what you called at the back in the back but if you look confident in what you're doing it doesn't matter because the fans don't know they don't know what you called at the back That's true. you just got to be confident that's (laughs)
1: very very true Um, and you're, you're absolutely right. That doesn't even pertain just to pro wrestling. That just pertains in life. If you walk around with, with your head up high and you look confident, nobody will ever know what's really going on in your mind. Exactly. But one thing you, I I do want to mention is that you do belong. And I do believe that you belong on being on people's television on a weekly basis. Um, because I think you're that good. And you know, a lot of people will not disagree with that. Um. What is your ultimate goal going forward after 12 years of being in the business? What is keeping you going? Uh,
0: My, I want to be able to do this full time. I want to live like I, I want to live in America and be able to wrestle full time. Like my ultimate goal is very clear to everyone. I don't think I make it very shy or any very like secretive that I want to work for AEW. Um, Because I just, since I met Brandy and Cody back in November last year, and I first started talking to them and I was like, this is, this is what I represent, which is the people that everyone overlooked. Cause you, I, I, you do sometimes when, when from my generation, like I, Came up in the um, Jesse McKay, like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce and like Tony Storm and Rhea Rip, like everyone sort of Evie, like Dakota Kai, like they all were around my generation and then they all got signed. So you end up feeling like this left behind person that kept getting oversighted and oversighted and oversighted. And I think that's something that aew represents which is those people that were told by the big corporate company that they were never going to make it proving that they can make it and that is why i feel like that is a company that i like i don't want to say i belong in because that's that's really presumptuous um but i feel like it's a company that represents the same things that i represent in that you never give up on yourself and you just keep trying and you just Keep going, and you can do it on your se- on your own. You can make it on your own. Um, if one person doesn't think you're right, then there's still uh, thousands of other fans apparently on the internet that think you should hashtag sign Shazza, so it's okay. Like, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like I think that's my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal would just be to be able to wrestle full time and. Um, live comfortably wrestling full-time not uh have an anxiety attack every week thinking how am i gonna pay for things um but yeah but yeah that would be my ultimate goal but yes that that's where i'd like to be at some point
1: i I think that some point it's going to come very soon um for, for everybody out there that has the the challenge of of having that confidence or you know they have a barrier that's holding them back from a working towards achieving their dreams or their goals what's a piece of advice that you can share to kind of keep them uplifted and want to keep going at the major dreams that they have for themselves
0: i think like as silly as it is it's you just have to never give up like it's even when it seems like everything is going against you and that there is no choice and trust me it's felt like that i've had I mean, I have mental breakdowns maybe once a week being like, what am I doing with my life? Um, I'm 31. I live in my parents' back room and my car is held together by duct tape and I have no money and I'm just trying to be a wrestler. Um, But I have to believe that the end – the that I will get where I'm going and that I have to keep going and you can't give up. You have to keep going and never give up. And you you just, you just have to keep going. It's hard as it sounds and it's really hard, but you do.
1: All the hard work definitely pays off. And I know the work that you're putting in is definitely going to pay off in a huge way. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Yes. So glad after a year of planning, we made it happen and it did
0: it. You did not it fail. was probably more exciting doing it now than oh, when we would have done it oh, we would have had more to, we would have had more to talk about now
1: that's very true but it would I think it would have been fun regardless because of you <laughs> uh, uh, for all the fans that are listening where can they find you on your illustrious social media handle
0: <laughs> uh, my Twitter and Instagram are at Shazza underscore Mackenzie uh, my Facebook is just Shazza Mackenzie pro wrestler it's basically just my Twitter feed or my Instagram feed, sorry. So, like, you can like it, but I don't really post on there. Um, If you send me a DM on there, probably not going to reply. Or on any of them, probably not going to reply to any DMs, especially if they just say, hey. Um, (laughs) Just so you guys know. I'm not being rude. I'm just telling you up front now that I'm not going to. Um, (laughs) What else do I have? I have, like, uh, I have a Patreon. If you would like to support me financially in my life, it starts as little as $1 a month um and there's like exclusive photo shoots and i do like a weekly live stream and i post random things and photos and lots of different things and that's uh patreon.com forward slash shaz mckenzie and i have a big cartel so shaz um and I have a pro wrestling tees so prowrestlingtees.com forward slash shaz mckenzie i have a lot of things you, Just you give still me have money. A
1: MySpace, you got a MySpace, a Friendster still. I do have a MySpace,
0: <laughs> which is which I found yesterday. It's okay. great.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I Can't wait to do another one with you.
0: No worries. Thank you.